Hello and welcome to another podcast from Michelle the Practical Medium. And I'm Michelle, your Practical Medium. Small, large, extra large, extra small. I'm not sure. Or is that a venti or grande or, you know, anyway. Uh, so I'm going to cha- pretty much jump into tonight's topic about free will, which I just did. But anywho, there's been stuff going on around here and it's, it's but it's kind of fragmented and really talking about it about the most I can say is I've, I know that I mentioned the mice in here that um, and I'm pretty sure this whole building is infested with them at this point especially considering I hear the downstairs neighbors stomping at things occasionally yeah uh, but I have managed to push these suckers out to, except for one that hasn't gotten the clue and I don't know how I'm going to make it get the clue but anywho Yeah, there is an interesting aspect to this, that there seems to be an entity in here that is somehow connected to the mice, kind of Pied Piper-ish. I do not know the connection for, don't have a solid read on the connection. I just feel like there's this tenuous thread between its presence, his presence, it's it's male, and these mice in here. And it's pissing me off. And I can't get the mice to eat poison. I can't get them to go into traps because they just don't. But I have managed to push them out of my apartment and I have had a little success at that. So I have one in here that it's um, days are numbered. So that's the update on the mice. Uh, Tonight's topic, free will. And I am going to talk about free will. I'm going to tie it a little bit into the politics of what happened. Now, I'm not going to talk left or right, Democrat or Republican or libertarian, independent. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. Uh, it's kind of, um, it just isn't necessary, but what I want to talk about free will in the context is how it applies to the decisions people made, uh, rightly or wrongly, to do what they did over the last, um, uh, what was it we had? So two months between, two-ish months between the election and what happened on January 6th and the simmering down that's come since then. Now, I will say this much, uh, there People in the sensitive world, you have been saying to me that they were going crazy from the stress that they were experiencing as a result of the politics. So to address that, a lot of times this kind of thing gets blamed on the other side trying to send a warning through or there's a you know worldwide apocalypse because of it or any kind of number, I don't know, insert your conspiracy theory here, I guess, or not rational explanation. So the rational explanation, because I am the practical medium after all, is it's generated by us. It is something that is in the atmosphere. If you are mildly empathic, where you can tell very easily if somebody's mood is, or you their mood infects you and you're like, wait a minute, I was happy a moment ago. Why am I crying? That kind of empathy makes you, uh, makes you susceptible or allows you to feel, take your pick, of the the crap that everybody's mood generates. It's electrical. It, it's something that you pick up on. And when you have millions and millions of people doing it, you get an atmosphere of misery in the, in the empathic field, I guess you could say. I don't really have another way to describe it, but it's just connecting to that. And people who connect to that and don't realize they are, feel it and it's it's dreadful it's miserable it's anger it's ugly it's anxiety fear and you you, 
if people think, oh my God, I'm feeling this because there's a big event coming. Well, no big event ever comes of it, apart from what's going on in the world that we know about. And um, it eventually passes without any kind of fanfare. You know, it's kind of like the people who do the doomsday predictions and that the world is going to end on a certain day. It ain't happening, but boy, it makes for a good story, don't it? Any hoodle. So people who are feeling that, next, it's just us. It's us. It's humanity being miserable and letting the, you know, and it's getting out there and we are feeling it. That's it. And I'm, that's a, one of the biggest reasons why I stopped really somewhere around September, October connecting because it was rising so badly. I'm not sure if I did it subconsciously. I don't know if Ken did the, equi the, the, <laughs> the equivalent of sticking his hands over my ears so I didn't have to tap into that. Because when it's some, if I tried to just relax and open a little bit, it was like going through an oil slick. And it was kind of strange. So I just said, you know what, this is a sign for me to kick back and just be normal for a while, whatever normal is. But um, I just haven't really had much in the way of topics come to my head. I haven't had a, a need to discuss anything. And that's because of not wanting to get tuned into what's out there and in my lifetime I have had too much crap come through the empathy and you don't know this is why people just uh, will attribute it attribute it excuse me to something big happening because they don't realize that it's not them they don't realize it's just people in general because it's there's no it's not um how do I put what's the word I'm looking for it's just a feeling. There is no thought process behind it. It's not anything other than just electrical emotions, energy, emo and motion in energetic form, which, you know, we are all energy. We are all energy, including our emotions. We generate electricity when we are upset of electric, electricity, energy, take your pick. We, de we generate it at all the time. So, and especially when we're all experiencing a lot of stress as a given, as a given whole, people pick up on it. That's pretty much it. There's no, nothing else behind it. It's just not sentient. That's the word I was looking for. Pardon me. So this is what happens when you have stress and you have a lot of people experiencing stress, as I've said, and I'm going to get on to the topic of free will here now because there is uh one of the bits of stress is the need to control there is there was a very strong element because there of control because this is what people want to do to others control you want to control other groups now we don't necessarily do it two extremes apart from what was seen in the last, I'd say, 18 months um, when the, the election cycle started up and people started trying to convince everybody to vote a certain way. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff that went on with people going, you know, these armed militias, it's about control. They feel that everybody in the world should think like they do. And in order to make people think like they do, they resort to what they have and that is control. Now, that's all great and wonderful, I guess. I'm not a person who enjoys somebody trying to control me whatsoever, and I do not allow it 
and I will not, it's, you know, because it's a thing that's also part of codependency. So if anybody's ever gone real through therapy for codependency or know they are codependent, codependency is a form of control over the other person through emotional manipulation. And it's, you know, when you see what's going on with people getting out their guns to control the world, it's because they're trying to control out of fear of the unknown, because that is anxiety. Anxiety is the fear of the unknown. And they want to control. They want to uh, make their world safe according to their standards, even though it might not be according to your standards. And you can't really uh, control people. It's something that just doesn't work because there is this little thing that everyone possesses is free will. And now I'm getting into the paranormal side, I guess you could say, free will, the sensitive, the energetic side of it. Because free will is the only moral rule and that's or unbreakable rule, the only law on the other side of things. The golden rule is there do unto others as you as do unto yourself, but that ties into free will as well. So it's kind of like more of a branch of free will. And there's very few, like I keep saying, and there's almost no rules on the other side of morals and morality like we have here because they just don't matter. They don't apply. They don't apply in that context because we're not living on this planet anymore and it's it's a little different. So the, this is why there is very few laws. It just doesn't, um, moral laws, natural laws, whatever, they just don't really exist in the way that we think what they do because we are so focused on the physical centric focus on this life. So we don't want to, um, you know, it's like you, you can try to control somebody on the other side, but um, if they don't want to be controlled, they can just walk out of whatever situation they want to be. This is part of the reason why uh, I talked about hell recently is because people who put them themselves there are putting themselves there voluntarily, even though they don't perceive it as such because they're not understanding their own, uh, their own free will. They don't understand that you can't be forced into something you don't want to do. And honestly, in this world, uh, free will forms a lot of our laws as well. If you are, um, a very simple one is, uh, say you get into your car and you drive and you go somewhere and somebody hits you, your free will is violated. Now, was it something that has deeper impact on the, the energetic side, sense, spiritual side with, you know, this is needed for your experience for this, this life? Yeah, sure. But uh, that's not how the law works. So you have personal rights and your personal right was violated. So somebody violated your personal right and your free will. You're, you did not walk out the door today to think you're going to get into an accident. So it's a little oblique. I realize I'm a little stretching a little bit, but this is just how you want to look, how you can apply free will into our daily life. Now, one of the things, now I'm going to get real basic here and very um, primal brain stuff with the free will, because you'll, you're probably saying, well, I give up part of my free will to do A, B, and C because I, I need to do that. And I'm like, absolutely. That's, one of the parts of human experience is to partner with other people to work with them because if we didn't we would not survive as a species because we have to give up free will for the greater good but we don't give up all of it we just give up some of it and we do it voluntarily 
And there's nothing wrong with that because you need to survive. And if that's your need to survive, then you will say, I need to rely on somebody. But there's nothing that says you can never take your free will back and go do something completely different without consequence. Now, there are consequences, obviously, to to actions. And they may be good. They might be bad. You don't know that. But there, these are decisions that you can make and nobody can tell you otherwise. Now, contextually in family bonds and friend bonds and all, you know, our need to survive, free will sometimes exercising it is not a good idea, but maybe that's part of your experience. Anyhow, so that's where free will plays a role. This is really, this is our, something we know inherently. We know it because we are born with it. It is in our brain. I mean, for me, I've always been aware of it because I'm a sensitive, but I am aware of it on a different level. I've also known it because of being slightly out of step with society because I'm autistic. And it's more along the lines of, well, screw you guys. I'm out of here with, we're going to build our own casino with blackjack and hookers. I'm sure I'm screwing up the quote, but you know. So that's me exercising my free will to go do what I want, even though it pains me to realize that the people I thought were my friends really didn't like me. So, you know, but that is, again, their free will to not like me as well. They don't owe me anything. I don't owe them anything. And, um, so that's, that's really how I've always known it. It's just something that's been intrinsic to me. And I'm here trying to explain it in the facets of it in what happened over the last few weeks and few months. People want control. As I said before, they want to control everything. Now think of a relationship. You in a, this is third party again, you in a relationship, a person in a relationship rather, has no way of tying somebody to themselves in a physical fashion. Their idea is to manipulate emotionally, which creates codependency in some cases, or just the person who is healthy because I'm not playing this game and walks away. And the person who tried to control loses out. But that's because this is how free will works. This is what happens. So I'm, I'm kind of being a little bit a, B, C, not really nuanced here, but I, just to get an idea. So relationships, we do not have any way to lock somebody down because we can't, or well, we think we do, but we really can't because if that person wants to exercise free will, as I just said, they screw off. But when it comes to the bonds we build with one another, we give up some of our free will again for the greater good. And in this situation, it is, you know, relationships. Uh, some relationships form ki- have kids in these things. And in order to get the kids to adulthood, the parents need to be able to, co- to coordinate with one another and also give up some of their own free will to their children in order to make sure their children survive. This is very much something about being human. And it's something that is universal, as I, keep, as I said earlier. And it's something that imbues our life from the moment we are born to the moment we die and the moment we are non-corporeal anymore, anymore. And it is runs through every last human being on this planet. And even animals it have free will. It's just something that's always there. And people felt that they needed to violate that free will in order to achieve their agenda. And it's kind of sad, but it's something that humans do 
because we just do not do a very good job of rising above our primal nature in these times. Anxiety is very powerful and the fear is very powerful and thinking that we need to do something a certain way is uh, very powerful as well because we convince ourselves through many through many avenues that this is the right thing to do. Now, yeah, there are right things to do because we have morals and mores and we have um, we have to get along with one another and we can't um, and we judge because it's something that's intrinsic to being human. But ultimately, it comes down to wanting control. And I'm going to segue into somebody who existed a Oh, one about fifteen hundred years ago, thereabouts, maybe more, who came, who actually codified free will in the term, in the form of religion, and made a very fascinating point, and that got completely ignored by the Catholic Church. And I'm not trying to be religious here. This is just historical stuff. And but it is, this person has a lot to teach about free will in our modern world, and his creed, whatever you want to put it, is still being dismissed to this day because modern uh, people don't realize it, or they do. Modern religion wants control because it's been controlling humanity for so long to do certain things and to be act certain ways. And I'm not slamming religion. This is just what it does. Uh, it, um, you know, so this guy, Pelagius, uh, or Pelagianism, as it's sometimes called, has been kind of tossed into the ditch by the wayside because of what he had to say. So I'm going to pause here for a moment while I pull up the Wikipedia page because why not Wikipedia? But it's it's actually a very good summary. So I'm going to read out the first paragraph because it sums up everything wonderfully. Alrighty, let me pull up my best announcer's voice here. Or book reader voice, take your pick. Alright, so Pelagianism. P-E-L-A-G-I-N-I-N-I-N- Excuse me. Let me respell that because somebody wants to go look it up. P-E-L-A-G-I-A-N-I-S-M. Holy crap. Uh, is the name of the entry on Wikipedia. And it's a Pelagian, Pelagius, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time pronunciation, was a person who came up and wrote out that free will is a thing. So let me read the first uh, paragraph here. Pelagianism is a heterodox Christian theological position which holds that the original sin did not taint human nature and that humans had the free will to achieve human perfection without divine grace. Pelagius, a British ascetic and his philosopher, taught that God could not command believers to do the impossible, and therefore it must be possible to satisfy all the mind of divine commandments. He also taught that it was unjust to punish one person for the sins of another, therefore infants are born blameless. Pelagius accepted no excuse for sinful behavior and taught that all Christians, regardless of their station in life, should leave unimpeachable, sinless lives. So we still have a nod towards being uh, moral and being a moral human being in the form of living an unimpeachable and sinless life, regardless of how poor or wealthy you are. But he also threw out the argument of original sin and why we baptize children into the church. Which, when this was all written down, was uh, somewhere between three, when, in around 400 AD. So this is a time when the Catholic Church and Christianity in general was trying to 
really get its feet underneath itself and get itself into mainstream in order to survive as a viable religion. So he kind of got ignored and dismissed by the Catholic Church. And um, let's see, we'll go to the second paragraph because it explains how the world reacted to it at the time. So to a large degree, Pelagianism was defined by its opponent, Augustine, and exact definitions remain elusive. Although Pelagianism had considerable support in the contemporary Christian world, especially among the Roman elite and monks, it was attacked by Augustine and his supporters who had opposing views on grace, predestination, and free will. Augustine proved victorious in the Pelagian controversy. Pelagian was decisively condemned at the 418 Council of Carthage and is still regarded as heretical by the Roman Catholic Church and Eastern Orthodox Church. For centuries afterward, Pelagianism has been used since ancient times in various forms as a pejorative accusation for heresy of heresy for Christians who hold unorthodox beliefs, but it has undergone reassessment by recent scholarship. So, uh, the reason why I got onto Pelagius and into this whole rabbit hole of free will is I happened to come across an article in a newspaper that mentioned him as... Uh, as somebody who is still hated by certain religions to this day, and that lawmakers who are anti-Pelagianists will seek to control the populace at large because they feel that there is their right to lead and to control through leadership. When leadership isn't about controlling, it's about bringing people around to your way of thinking and supporting you to a common cause. However, it's also often twisted as some as a leader is somebody to be knocked off the top of their perch because they suck. And you know, more lately these days that we see people who lead are not um, are are just crabs in a barrel, trying you know as they all try to pull each other's down. And they're also trying to it's also trying to control. They are trying to control because that's what crabs in a barrel do. The crabs pull back the one crab that's trying to, trying to escape through controlling that crab. And, you know, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of anything that has gone on that has that has this control written over it. And the fact that they, the control extended to the fact, to this whole resorting of death threats and attempts that on anything democracy included that is just not right it, it's i don't want somebody who i don't agree with trying to control my life do you i, I don't so that's what offended me as a sensitive when watching this all go down and why i have not been wanting to really connect to the other side because i don't want that to experience what that whole that empathy stuff a lot of people can just shut it out uh, I sometimes can I sometimes can't and sometimes I can shut it out and it bleeds back in so I'm like yeah let's just play it safe and we'll put a lid on it and free will is something I think we all need to start recognizing as our birthright and it's something that we can exercise and we do not have to submit to the whims of another and, you know, extrapolate that to your local, to, to small stuff, to big, however you want, but it is a way of life to decide to be an individual who is part of a whole as opposed to a mental, a, a single collective. 
you know. So, and I think that is probably why I don't really, well, actually, I know that's why I didn't get into religion when I was a child because, you know, a lot of kids hate religion because they don't like going to church, but as adults, they find comfort in it and they like to be, you know, they like to be led by the, the pastor, the preacher, the candlestick maker, take your pick. And that is fine for them because that is uh, that is a codependency but it's not toxic and unless you may unless it, well it can turn toxic but for an average religious person for me to in my mind it is their comfort it is their where it is their retreat it is where they find their stability it's not it's a codependency yes but it's not a toxic codependency it is a natural need we all have something we need to lean on i mean i it's like I will not be. I will not hesitate to say that I have a little bit of codependency with Ken, even though I have set a boundary. We have set boundaries to not get to that point. It's just a natural part of a relationship. Even though he's not physical anymore, there is still a relationship there, and I still give a little bit of my trust to him. And my giving him my trust is giving up a little bit of my free will. But he does the same with me. It, it, just because he's dead doesn't mean he's omnipotent and he knows everything. Because there are things that he still watches going on with his own family, and he comes to me and wants to talk about it so he can just get it off his chest. He doesn't have to do that. You know, he could find his own resolutions, or he could just not talk to me at all about it. But because he trusts me, and I'm, he trusts me to understand and be a little sympathetic and just give him some decent advice about how to handle it, you know, this is a little bit of giving up of his free will to me. So there are positives to giving up your free will to a degree. But you always have to remember that you can always walk away from anything, from any situation, no matter how bad it seems, and not be dealing with that anymore. Now, I know it sounds like I'm just saying, oh, hey, just throw away all your earthly and worldly possessions and walk away from your relationships. No, not necessarily, but you can also, when it comes to people who hold an opposing view to an extreme, like we have seen so much of in the last, you know, how, how many months, you don't have to let that bother you past a certain point. You can just say, okay, well, I still love you, but I don't agree with you, and let's not talk about this anymore. If they want to talk about it with somebody, well, they might scream censorship, but it's just like, how can I censor you? I just don't want to talk about it. You can find somebody else to talk to about it, uh, you know, and um, just let it be and just know that you're exercising your free will to not listen to them. It's sometimes just that simple. I know it's harder to, in some certain situations, to walk away from it or not listen to it, regardless of which side you are on, but you know, it's better to try than to not. So when it comes down to it, free will is a thing. Free will is something that once we learn how to engage it, our lives are better for it. We can make better decisions. We can live with less stress. We don't look around corners for boogeymen because in terms of somebody who's going to yell at us or do something that we don't like, um, you know, and there are, I'm, like I said, I'm being very surface level because there are situations that, you know, require more work to get out of. But, you know, it's a simple start. Free will. Exercise it. Especially with the change in the world and the 
ability to start making different decisions because coronavirus has brought a lot of change. Coronavirus has killed off a lot of stuff that was already on its way out. And there is, it just accelerated stuff that was going to already happen, unfortunately. So there's, for some of you people that listen, this might be a new opportunity for you to find a new way of life. It might be a new career. It might be a way to reinvent yourself. And that is your free will to do so. And some people are just waiting for their jobs to return because things will change and their jobs will return eventually. And they'll be able to go back to their way of life. And that is a free will thing as well. So on that note, I know this is not a whole lot of spiritual stuff and medium-esque stuff, but this is something that, if you think about it, dig in deep to yourself and look for that part of your, of your, of your mind that's, that screams out, you have free will, you will find it, you will feel it, you'll know it's there, and you'll start maybe wanting to respect it a little more. Now, now, I'm not saying that we don't respect our free will, but we do frequently, and me included, make decisions that are not good for us. And we don't always get out of them with grace and civility. But that's part of our experience, and that's a bigger thing that uh, free will enables us to do. So on that note, I'm getting to half hour. I am running out of thoughts, and this is actually mostly my own personal thinking and experience. Ken didn't... Ken is aware of free will more, how do I put it, uh, sharply than we as humans are. But this is something that I have just kind of known on a very background level for most of my life. I've just never really put it out there. However, the, uh, the what we've just went through prompted me to say, we all need to recenter ourselves and find ourselves again and um, recover and heal and find our new normal. And for what it's worth, the whole thread of anxiety that that that, that crappy feeling that that was being generated by the the people in the you know, people around the world has been uh has disappeared. And I'm having a more a clean connection with the other side and just feeling it than I have in a long time. So, I say we are already healing as a nation and as a world we will we will always have conflict we will always have difficulties because that's we're human that's what we do we, it's just a shitty part of being human and not being able to do what uh you know not being able to have a harmonious world but we're working towards it we're doing pretty good believe it or not on that note i'm going to close this one down and I uh, hope I give you some food for thought and that everybody who is listening is well and free from the virus and looking forward to the coming summer, sp- warm weather and spring and summer, knock on wood that we actually have one, you know, because the weather's been kind of crazy. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in. And uh, if you got any comments, any suggestions, anything you'd like me to talk about, my email will be in the box below. And uh, until next time, take care. Be well, stay safe, and stay smart, and exercise free will.